Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah to all of our guests. If you are a guest today, we welcome you. We are so glad to have you in this service today. And if it's if it's by chance your first time ever in an apostolic church, I do apologize to you. No, I, I do apologize because we've been pretty reserved and calm here today. We actually can get a lot, a lot crazier than this, but that's all right. Because in Acts chapter 2, they accused them of being drunk. So if they can accuse them of that, accuse us of whatever you want us to accuse us of, but it's, it's just too good. So, amen. If you're watching us online someplace today, we welcome you as a part of this service and pray that you are blessed by it in Jesus' name. And I'd like to welcome Christopher Wright this morning. Visiting from Latvia. <laughs> Amen. Here for other things as well, but I can't talk about that right now. I have to preach. Matthew 16 and verse number 13. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Matthew 16, verse number 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that Thou art John the Baptist, Elias, or some say John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? See, it really doesn't matter what everybody else says about Jesus. It really doesn't matter what everybody else's opinion of Jesus is. What really matters is what do you say that He is. The world can criticize Him. The world can doubt Him. The world can judge Him. But I've come to experience Him. So don't really care what they say. And Peter, Simon Peter, answered and said, I want you to notice that some say you're John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, but Peter responds with confidence and boldness and says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He didn't say, well, I, I think this is who you are. I, I kind of believe this is, he said, you are. I wonder if I got anybody here this morning that believes He is. I'm not just hoping He is, I know He is. I'm not just wishing He is, I know He is. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, 
And the last part of this verse is really the thing I want to draw your attention to in this passage. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom, and whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The Amplified Bible says, verse 18, this way, And I tell you, you are Peter, Greek Petros, a large piece of rock. And on this rock, Greek word Petra, a huge rock like Gibraltar, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region, shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. The powers of the infernal region shall not overpower it or be strong to be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. I want to read, read to you Weiss translation. It's a little more wordy and kind of hard to follow if you can't see it yourself. But I, I want to get to the way Weiss says this last phrase. I love the way it says it. It says, moreover, as for myself, I am saying to you, you are rock, Petros, masculine in gender, a detached but large fragment of rock. And upon this massive rock, Petra, Feminine demonstrative pronoun that means a rocky peak or a massive rock. Peter, you are a rock, but you're a piece of rock. I don't mean to be offensive to anyone today, but this passage of Scripture was not to be an establishment of some individual for the basis of some church. Peter was not the rock, he was just a piece of rock. I will build my church, and it says that last part this way, and the councils of the unseen world shall not overpower it. My, 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 my. And the councils of the unseen world shall not overpower it. All the plans, all of the strategies of the kingdom of darkness will never be able to overpower the church. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. There's always a church. There's always a church, and let me clarify quickly, I am not talking about a local church. I am not talking about a local assembly. Really what I'm talking about is the church, but for the sake of the title, I'm saying a church. But I'm not preaching to you this morning about Antioch, and I'm not preaching to you this morning about the United Pentecostal Church International, the organ. I'm, I'm talking about something much bigger than that, that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, I thank you for your presence that is in this place today. I thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. I thank you for your spirit 
that has already moved and worked in this sanctuary today, but I believe, God, that you are not finished with what you desire to do in this service this morning. And I pray now that through your word, your spirit would minister, that you would speak to hearts and lives in this place today. God, I pray again this morning that this would not be a sermon to just take time in this service that you would allow me to be a vessel, a conduit through which you can speak, say what you want to say, say what needs to be said. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It has concerned me, troubled me, for years that I think we have developed this perception of church. Put whatever label you want to put on it. But we have developed this perception, if nothing else, a subconscious perception that church, a church is just simply an organization. In fact, I think in a lot of ways in the world we are living in today, and especially I would say in the United States of America, that in a lot of ways church for a lot of people is just really a social club. It's a group of people that they associate with, that they have developed some relationships with, and they have some friendships and people that claim association with the same church. So it really doesn't matter what the label is on the church. It really ultimately for a lot of people, unfortunately, it doesn't matter what that church really stands for or believes or preaches because it's just an organization that they have chosen to be a part of. But I've come to tell you this morning what we are doing here today and what we are a part of is so much bigger than something any individual human being decided to come up with. I have read to you today the words of Jesus where he said, I will build my church. And I declare to you today that this is not, the church is not simply an organization. And the reason I can tell you that is because when you read throughout the New Testament, and especially in some of the writings of the Apostle Paul, Paul says that we are the body of Christ. And so as a body, we are not an organization, or, and, or yes, we are not an organization, but we are a living organism. He is the head, but we are the body, and we are all members of the same body. And so Jesus boldly declares, the gates of hell shall not shall not I think Christianity and Bible believers Bible thumping Christians have sort of been battled by this victimization mentality that we're just going to find ourselves off in the corner somewhere and just hopefully survive as some small little group of people until Jesus comes and rescues us out of here. But I declare to you today that is not what we are doing here and that is not what we are and that is not what our destiny is. I will read it to you in a little while but I'll go ahead and quote it to you. Paul said that he is coming back for a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. 
Our destiny, our future is not some victim hidden off in the corner somewhere, but our future is to be a glorious church. Oh, hallelujah. We kind of get this mentality that, you know, there's, a, there's just a few of us hanging on, a few of us surviving. Elijah, the prophet, had somewhat of a similar experience. In 1 Kings chapter number 18 and verse 21, the Bible says, Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. And the people answered him, Not a word. And just to give you the context, if you're not familiar with the story here, there is a three-year drought that has been going on. And so Elijah stands up and declares to this group of people, you need to make a decision who's God. Is the God that you are serving the real God or is the God I serve, Jehovah, is He God? They answered him, not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450. I I want you to notice that statement he makes there. I, even I only, remain. Just, Just me that's left. Quick summary, the rest of this passage is... Elijah comes on to the mountain of Carmel and the prophets of Baal gather together and they build an altar and they they pray and the the prophets of Baal pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray pray for their God to do something and shouldn't be any surprise, nothing happened. And then Elijah takes his turn. What's kind of interesting is Elijah says, go get me. Barrels of water. (laughs) There's several interesting things about what he did. First of all, they were in a drought. So water was precious. And he tells them, go get me four barrels, right? And four barrels, get me four barrels of water. And and pour it on the altar. Just waste it. Take something that is precious and valuable at this point in time and just pour it on the altar. Just pour it out and waste it. In addition to that, as you know, wet stuff doesn't burn very well. So the Bible says then Elijah prays and he calls down fire from heaven. Interesting thing is the prophets of Baal, they prayed, they cried, they cut themselves. They did all kind of crazy thing trying to get their God's attention. And, 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 and I, uh, please understand the Bible does not clearly tell us exactly how it happened, but I'm just going to tell you how I imagine it happening when Elijah got his turn. I don't think Elijah stood up in front of that group of people and panicked and screamed and hollered, Oh God, you got to do something. Oh God, please help us. I just imagine Imagine that Elijah just kind of calmly walked up to the front of that group of people and just kind of said, okay, God, it's your turn. I know it's probably not exactly the way it happened, but I, I just kind of see him saying, all right, God, do your thing. 
The Bible says that fire comes down from heaven and it consumes the sacrifice and the altar that the sacrifice was built on and then licks up all the water that's on the ground. That's pretty amazing. You'd think Elijah would be ready to take on the world from here. But the queen, queen responds with a threaten and threatens him that she's going to take his life and so... He now starts running for his life. And you go to chapter 19, verse number 5. He's now on his way trying to run from the queen. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And here he goes for the second time. And I... Even I only am left. It's just me now, God. Just me all by my lonesome. It's just me. Hello, God. I'm all by myself. The queen wants to kill me. Where are you? I'm all alone. And in fact, he asks, I think it's the next verse, if I'm not mistaken, he actually asks, for his life to be taken. Just go ahead and kill me, God. Don't, don't make me wait on her. Don't make me wait on her army, God. You just go ahead and kill me because I'm all by myself. Mm. Go down to verse number 13. The first, the previous couple of verses before this, Elijah is now hiding out in a cave. And the Lord calls him to the entrance of the cave. And the Bible says there was a, there was a great wind and did all kinds of damage, but the Lord was not in it. And then there was an earthquake. Elijah had his own personal earthquake that he got to see, but the Lord was not in it. And then after that, there was more fire and the Lord was not in it. And then after that, there was a still small voice. Be careful when you chase after the sensational. Be careful when you run after the sensational because God may not be in it. Another message for another day. So verse 13, And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave and behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, he said, I've been feeling sorry for you, God. Really what, you know, I know he's jealous, but really what he said, I've been feeling sorry for you. Because the children of Israel have forsaken the covenant and thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Third time he says, I am the only one left. And they're trying to kill me. So God, if they kill me, you're in trouble. Except God finally has enough. And in verse 18, he responds to Elijah. And he says, yet... I have left me 7,000 in Israel, 
all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. The Living Bible says it like this, uh, and incidentally, I've heard enough, Elijah. By the way, let me just tell you something. I've got seven thousand men in Israel who have never bowed to Baal nor kissed him because I don't care what it looks like and I don't care what you see or you don't see there will always be a church You might think you're the only one. You may think you're the only one left. We may be just a small group of people gathered here in this auditorium on a Sunday morning while hundreds of thousands around us are doing something else. But I've come to declare to you today, there's always going to be a church. Paul alludes to this very passage I have read to you in Romans chapter 11 and verse number 1. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. What? Ye not what the Scripture saith of his? Don't you know what the Scriptures say of Elias? How he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy people and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what, say, what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself seven thousand men, who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. There's always going to be a remnant. No, I acknowledge today and I confess to you, there is no expectation that the church will ever be the majority. One of the reasons I know that to be the case is because when I go back to the Old Testament and I see the group of people, the natural group of people that God chose to be His chosen people, they were not the largest of nations. They were not the most powerful of kingdoms. But God chose them as a minority. And so that was the pattern. And so I tell you that in 2018, I have no expectation. It's not doubt. It's not unbelief. It's just the facts. We're never going to be the majority of the world. But I will tell you that there will always be a church because Jesus said it and Jesus cannot lie. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against Preacher, y'all are a little crazy for me. I'm not too sure I want to be a part of somebody like you guys. That's all right. But you better find you a church somewhere. And you better make sure that a church is a part of the church. 
Don't mean to be offensive, don't mean to be judgmental, don't mean to be critical, but I do intend to tell you the truth. Just because it labels itself a church does not mean it's the church. I'll tell you before I close, I'll get to it in a few minutes, there are some qualifications to be the church. And it's not the name on the sign. And it's just not putting the word church on a building. There's some other things that have to happen. Because you can't get into this naturally speaking. And you don't create this from the flesh. It's got to be born of the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. It doesn't matter if it's a democracy, a monarchy, a dictatorship. There will be a church. Communism has not been able to destroy the church. I said it earlier to those of you that are a guest or some of you that are a part of us that may not even really know this, but we, we, we participate, we are a part of the United Pentecostal Church International. And we have an organization that we fellowship with and the, 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 the head elected official, the top elected official is called the general superintendent in the organization that we are a part of. And three superintendents ago, it was a man by the name of Nathaniel Urshan. His father, Andrew Urshan, had spent years in Russia during the time of communism. We're talking decades ago when communism had its grip on that area of the world. And yet, they have come to find for years and years, now that there are missionaries there able to operate, they've come to find out that there are Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of what are known as Urshanites. They're not really Urshanites, they're really Jesusites. Because Andrew Urshan understood it doesn't matter what the government says. It doesn't matter what the government tries to do. There will be a church. Doesn't matter if we've got a Democrat for a president or a Republican for a president. There will be a church. It doesn't matter if this nation swings to the right or swings to the left. There will be a church. Oh, I wish I had a little bit more of a preaching church this morning. There will. There will. There will. You and I can get up and walk out today and all agree that we're never coming back and we're done. But somewhere God's got a remnant. God's got a people. And there will be a church. (laughs) Sorry, Elijah. It's not as bad as you say it is. We gather together here on a Sunday morning. There's 500 plus chairs in this sanctuary. There may be 200 adults here this morning. But I come to tell you, and I can just tell you all over again, because the last two weeks I experienced it all over again. I can tell you that in the nation of Latvia, there is a church. 
And I can tell you in Liverpool there is a church. And I've been to Brazil and I can tell you there's a church. And I've been to several countries in Africa and I can tell you firsthand there's a church. It doesn't matter the culture. It doesn't matter the nationality. It doesn't matter any of those things. There is and there will be a church. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5 verse number 23. For as the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands. Love your wives. That's the basis of the, of the wives submitting to the husband. God have mercy on the husband that uses this verse as a weapon against his wife, but is unloving. Because you're supposed to love even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Of course, oh man. Hmm. If you have to tell your wife to be submitted, there's a pretty good chance. There's a pretty good chance she's not the problem. Or at the very least, she's only a part of the problem. Hmm. Oh man, we got something sort of living, but I better not kill it. Well, the Word of God says you got to submit to me, woman. Show me one time, one place where God says it in that attitude and that spirit. Because the bottom line is when you love the way Christ loves, the automatic response is, I want to submit. Well, let me hurry up, get to where I was really going. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. And here it is, here it is, here it is. It's not just, you gotta, you gotta understand, I'm not just preaching this morning. There's always gonna be a church. We're always gonna be. That's, that's, not, that's not it. Because Paul says, He might present it to Himself a glorious church. A glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Listen to what that word glorious means. The Greek definition of that word. He's going to present himself a glorious church. The word glorious means in good or in great esteem of high repute. A great reputation. It means illustrious, honorable, esteemed. 
notable, glorious, splendid. Mm. Mm. Man. Publishers Clearinghouse walked in here today and walked up to you and said, You're the winner. You would have just gone bananas. And I tell you that we are a part of something that is absolutely destined not to survive. Not to just survive. Because it says we are more than conquerors. I'm not called to be a survivor. I know the scripture says he that endureth to the end will. I get that and I know there's a context for that. But I haven't been called to be a survivor. I've been called to be a conqueror. Greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. Preacher, you really ought to pay attention to the world around you and you ought to go read a little bit and study what's going on because religion is in decline and church attendance is in decline and you are absolutely right. And that just goes back to what I've already said. The reason church attendance is in decline is because we've come to operate it as simply some kind of an organization or a social club. But when you can get God in the midst of it and God is moving and God is working, He said, if I be lifted up then I'm going to draw all men to me body been I know there's a few of you how many of you Annapolitans have been around long enough to remember shoe town uh, yeah, yeah, brother Mott, you live where used what what used to be Shoe Town. How about how about Magruders? Yeah, uh, uh, how about wasn't that wasn't it uh, Ames across the street? Ames wasn't it Ames? Then it was Caldor, and now it's Coles. There's a lot of things that used to be that are not anymore. <sighs> Uh, there used to be a baseball team called the Washington Senators. Used to be a team in New York called the Brooklyn Dodgers. Used to be. Yeah, used to be. Used to be. Used to be a, a restaurant called Bush's Chesapeake Inn where Wawa now is that had some of the best seafood you could get, but now it's gone. It's not there anymore. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, used to be. Used to be. Your football team may have used to have been the best. And your basketball team may have used to have been the best. And, 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 and on and on and on and on it goes of things that used to be. But I can tell you today with 100% certainty, there is something that will always be. And that is the church of the living God will always be. Always, 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 always. Always. 
always. A few folks, I know we got some still, a few of them I know probably, or at least down in Deal this morning, some of them in Pinewood Village, but, but anybody, anybody here this morning ever, ever used to go a mile or two up the street from where we were having service after service to good old horn and horn smorgasbord? Yeah. Yeah. What in the world, Brother Wright? Where is that at? Right about where uh, five, or Chipotle and Five Guys is in Severna Park. Used to be. Used to be. Used to be. Oh, used to be. It used to be. It used to be. May not continue to be. But the church. Do I have anybody here this morning that's a part of the church that is excited to know that it doesn't matter what else comes and goes. It doesn't matter what else rises and falls. You and I are a part of something today that the gates, the very gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Here's, here's a part of the problem, though. And again, if, particularly to our guests this morning, I beg of you not to hear me as being judgmental or critical, but I'm happy to show you the Scripture. I'm not here to tell you what people say. I'm not here to tell you what man says. I'm here to tell you what the Bible says. And you don't get in this by shaking somebody's hand. And you don't get in this by just saying a few words either. The church is not exclusive. It's not exclusive. It is very inclusive. In fact, it says, whomsoever will. Well, I don't know. I didn't, 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 then why is it? Why are you going to make it? I'm not making it. He said narrow is the way. Go, go, up to, go up to Baltimore, the BWI airport this afternoon. And you just go try to walk through and just get on a plane. Without a ticket. And without identification. Mm-hmm. I think it was our anniversary trip back in May. We're leaving out of BWI. I have no idea what in the world I had touched that morning. Uh, Mr. Wright, would you please step over here? Sure. Uh, we're going to have to do a search. And I, I, I mean, I've had it where I had to step through that metal detector and just real quick, they did a quick. Now, uh, we're going to have to pat you down. And if you'd like, we could take you into a private room. Oh. This said, we, we've never been here before. I even had a ticket and identification still. I don't know. Go ahead. Right here, right now. Get it done. I never had a play-by-play pat-down before. 
Now, we are about to, just want you to, yeah, you, <laughs> see, it is, it is understood that to have access, you got to follow protocol. Mm. You, you, you got to have, you got to follow the steps to have access. If you follow the steps, you get access. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit marvel not that I said unto thee you must be born again can I tell you I, I, it is so disturbing because born again believers has simply become a segment of Christianity it's become a label for a portion oh, oh they're born again Or people will do, I'm, I'm a born again believer. What other kind of believer is there? Because Jesus said you must be born again. There's always going to be a church. And there's always going to be some steps. To get in the church. Let me give you quickly the practical example, demonstration of what Jesus told Nicodemus. We find it in Acts 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said, Repent and be baptized every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission, the King James says, but just means forgiveness of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the practical application of what it means to be born again. One more time, I'm not trying to be critical of anyone, but for you to simply repeat a sinner's prayer. Nowhere in the Bible. This, this really always puzzles me. I, I have a feeling if 26 years ago, if I would have said to this lovely, beautiful lady, I want you to know I will accept you to be my wife. What do you think the response would have been? I accept you as my wife. (laughs) Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) She didn't want me to accept her. 
She wanted me to want her. I, don't, I mean, I'm not, I wonder how God feels when people, well, I, I accept you as my personal say, I accept you. Kind of like, you know, I got no other option, so. I'm not trying to be unkind, please, I'm not. There's, no, there's nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere in there. Nowhere. But what it does say is you can, you have to be. But you know what? It's not just that I have to be born again. I, I kind of like to look at it this way. I get. I get to be born again. I, I get the opportunity to take that old man with all of his failures and mistakes and issues and problems and I get to bury that man and I get to be born again as a new creature old things old things are passed away and all things all things have become new. I have done my best by the help of the Lord to communicate to you today that there will always be a church. The question today is not whether or not the church will continue to exist. Because the church will not continue to exist. The church will thrive. Well, Brother Wright, it sure doesn't look that way. Do you Have you read your Bible? Have you ever read what God did with His people? And how many times God let them be in a position where it looked like things were over and it looked like it was done and it looked like there was no way out and yet somehow He stepped in and made a way? When our back was against the wall and it looked as if it was over, you made a way. He's going to make a way. There's going to be a glorious church. There will be a glorious church. The question, and it is the question, is who will be in the glorious church. There will be a glorious church. But will I be a part of that glorious church? Will you be a part of that glorious church? <laughs> Governments have tried to stamp out the church. Ultimately, the kingdom of darkness has tried its best to destroy the church. Here we are in 2018, and it continues on, and it will continue on until Jesus comes for a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. A splendid 
church. Stand, if you would, please. See, the devil knows there will be a church. He knows. The devil believes more than you and I do there will be a church. And so he knows that he cannot stop the church. The only thing he can do is try to eliminate individuals from being in the church. Say to you, folks, that this is your home today. You know what? I think I can say this as a matter of fact and not leave it open-ended. The first method the enemy attempts to use to get you out of the church is offense. In fact, I'll just go ahead and say it this way. Every person that leaves the church, no matter what the reason stated, somewhere there is offenses that have not been dealt with. I I had no idea I'd close out like this, but here we are. If you're here today, and you are a part of the church. You've been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with His Spirit. You've spoken in other tongues as the evidence of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and you're trying to live a godly life and faithfulness and all that stuff. And, but you've got some stuff you haven't dealt with. And you've got some stuff you've let fester. This is as good a day as any to get rid of it. Because he will use the doorway of offense. Because he can't destroy the church. All he can do is try to eliminate individuals from being a part of the church. Would you, if you would, close your eyes for a moment right where you are, bow your heads. If, if you're a guest, I ask this, if nothing else, just out of respect to those around you as may make them feel a little more comfortable this morning in a response I'd like to make an invitation today to whether you come here all the time or you're a guest today I'd like to give an invitation this morning to those that would join with me today to say that if you're already a part of it and again, please, I'm not talking about this local church body. I'm talking about the church. But you're willing to join today and make a fresh commitment to say, I want to be a part of something that will not fail. I want to be a part of something that has been guaranteed to succeed. And I want to make a fresh commitment and dedication. I'm, I'm going to invite you to come and step down to this altar as an indication today 
to you and to the Lord that you're making that commitment. And then if you're a guest here today, I'm not inviting you to join a church. Obviously, we would love to have you a part of this church, but bigger than that, beyond that, I'm not inviting you to a church membership, but I am inviting you if you've never done it before. I'm inviting you to become a part of the body of Christ. As I've already said, there is a plan, there is a way to do that. And you can experience that here today. This morning in this service, you can be filled with the Spirit of God. Your life completely transformed. You can be baptized in His name. All of your sins washed away. Completely forgiven. That can happen. So if you're willing, whatever whatever category you may be in this morning, whichever way it may apply, if you're willing, would you step out of your seat right now and join me down here at the front as we join together today. Again, some of us making a commitment today, a fresh commitment. God, I don't want to miss out on being a part of not a church, but the church because you have promised, you have guaranteed, You've guaranteed that even the gates of hell, even the gates of hell cannot prevail. Come on, I, 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 surely there's some more of you that can come if just simply, just, just, just if nothing else, just to say to him again today, God, I'm a part and I'm going to be a part because I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out on what you're doing. I, I don't want to miss out on what you're going to do. I, I don't want to miss out of being a part of a glorious church. Splendid, magnificent, highly esteemed. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. Not a part of simply some kind of man-made organization not just a member of some kind of man-made group of people not just a member of some kind of social club but it's labeled a church but I want to be a part of your body I want to be a part of your kingdom Father I pray right now for any individual in this place that may be allowing offenses to stay in their heart that may be harboring grudges today that has the enemy would love to use that as the open door I pray God that you would find a help them to find a place of cleansing today help them to find a place of washing and forgiveness today in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus by the power of your spirit today Lord by the power of your spirit today we trust today in the promise of your word that what we are doing here what we are a part of today it's not just our idea it's not just what we have dreamed up but God it is in fact what you have birthed what you have promised that you will build that the gates of hell will not be able to stand against it in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus God, I don't want to miss my part. I don't want to miss my place. God, I don't want anything to cause me to sacrifice my place in being a part of what is guaranteed to be victorious. 
in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus by the power of your spirit today by the power of your spirit today Lord in Jesus name in Jesus thank you for the invitation thank you for the privilege of being born again born of the water but born also of the spirit thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you that what we are here today to be a part of is not some naturally created thing but it's supernaturally born it's supernaturally created by you God thank you today for the assurance thank you today for the confidence of knowing that whatever else changes in this world that whatever else may come and go in this world the church the church will last there's always a remnant there's always a remnant it may not be the majority but you've always got a remnant you've always got a group of people God set apart for your purpose for your kingdom for your name's sake in the name of Jesus 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 we declare today by faith that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church we confess it today by faith in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus while those that are praying continue to do so as long as they need to or want to those of you that are ready to go or need to go you're welcome to do so God bless you thank you so much for being here with us today in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name God I pray revelation today I speak revelation today God I pray God that you would give individuals today a revelation of what they're a part of that you would open their eyes, open their understanding, God, to see clearly what it is you have made them a part of. Not just a local assembly, not just a local church, but the church. You've made us a part of your body. You've made us a part of your bride. You've made us a part of what you have promised is going to be glorious. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Ikalamanda Rabaye ki alarabo shatara. Yalaramondo robo koye alarabo saratara rabahai. E alamando robo si alarabo kori alarabo. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.